Dovey episode of Give Me Those Star Wars, a proud part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm Ryan Daly, and if you're listening to this episode the day it comes out, happy Valentine's Day. Love is in the air, and that means my guest and I are going to talk about love and relationships in the galaxy far, far away. My guest this time is making her second appearance on Give Me Those Star Wars, but the last time was with Shag hosting, and I don't consider that legitimate. <laughs> anyway, you know her as the host of Batgirl to Oracle, a Barbara Gordon podcast, and required reading with Tom and Stella. Please welcome the incorrigible Stella to the show. What is up? Oh, man, this is the first part in a five-part series, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been – yeah, I'm so happy. I was thinking about the last time that I kind of you know talked to you, and I thought, well, I was on this show with Shag, and we talked Thrawn. It's really the only time I've, I think, ever podcasted with you is Secret Origins number 20, which was also with Shag, where we did Batgirl's Origin and Dr. Midnight. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to think if we if I ever did something for I recorded something for your show when we talked about Barbara's very brief appearances in in an episode of the Black Canary comic, but I don't remember if I oh, yeah. that or if we actually talked about it. Yeah, long time ago. Uh, yeah. I don't remember, but yeah. Yeah, no, that Secret Origin was a, was a fun experience. I, yeah, I can't believe that's the only time that we ever actually recorded something. We need to find some excuse to do this more often. But Indeed. Yeah, so uh, anyway, for those of you listening, um, I had this idea for a show topic, and I asked Stella about her favorite Star Wars ships. I was expecting her to talk about the Millennium Falcon or the TIE Defender, the A-Wing or something. She started naming these couples, you know, romantic pairings, and I realized she was talking about shipping. But I thought that could be a good topic, too, so this is what we're going to do. We're talking about shipping in Star Wars, shipping as in relationships, romantic partnerships, etc. Before we actually look at specifics for characters or couples, I kind of want to sort of define and explain this concept for the audience, and I will need your help with this. Where does the idea of shipping come from, and is it strictly a fan-created construct? Yeah, so I was thinking about this today, and it's almost, I feel like, a chicken and egg situation. (laughs) I think it is is fan-based. I mean, even if you Google search shipping, if you do it improperly, you're just going to get a bunch of stuff about UPS (laughs) and, yeah, all that stuff. But to properly research what it is, it says fandom next to it, so you can kind of get an idea that it is it is fan-driven, but the most realistic ships are coming out of something that they're seeing on the show. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the creators certainly have a hand in this, and they're not dumb. I think they understand what potentially is happening. I think there are some surprising ships, and for them, like, oh, these fans really like these two characters together, and they either lean into it or they don't. But, you know, I think they know what they're doing when they're hiring actors and actresses that have a certain chemistry and they're building a story around it. So it's like did the fans do it first or did the creators do it first and the fans picked up or, you know, it's it's that sort of thing. But I would say that for the most part, it's a fan creation. That's kind of what I was thinking. Like, uh, 
I, w- I was even kind of wondering if can shipping be canon or does it have to come out of like fan circles, fan fiction, etc. Like if characters are set up from the beginning to be a couple, like for instance with my Cheers podcast with Sam and Diane, they were written to be the romantic leads that are you know on and off again for the whole series. Like if you are rooting for them, are you shipping them or are you just following the essential nature of the show? Like would that be considered shipping if they are sort of destined by the the structure the, the the premise of the material if it set them up i mean i guess i mean put it more in in star wars terms with anakin and padme for those of us who grew up with the original trilogy and saw that first we came into the prequels knowing that these were luke and leia's parents like that was their end point so would you have been shipping like after you saw the phantom menace would you have been shipping them if you wanted to get them together or did you just know that and and is that different for somebody who might be watching the movies in numerical order now for the first time like Mm, yeah yeah because if you just watch the phantom menace you might not know that these two are going to eventually get together sure yeah i think yeah i think the answer is yes i think that you're shipping i think there are various levels of it i think there are the ones that are they've been created you know that they're destined to be together like lois and clark for example on Mm -hmm. smallville we know that they're going to get together but it's that journey that you're really excited about and so like you're getting those shipping moments of oh you know they had this interaction and then there are just various degrees i think you've got the true ones you have the ones where they're not together but you sense something and then there are the ones that i don't really like but i know that they're big just of like ridiculous ones that are never going to happen but people have fun with those <laughs> so yeah i i think yes to all of that I, i'm trying to imagine like head I don't know what the the fan community was or how it was really structured before before I was born, and certainly before the age of kind of like social media and like the mass internet like diaspora of information. But I'm imagining people who saw Star Wars in 1977 who might have been what we call shipping Luke and Leia, <laughs> and how yeah. heartbroken and maybe confused they were in 1983 when they're like, wait, they're twins. Yep. So there, there's an example. I was doing some research today because I wondered where did this all begin, and I would have to do more research because this came from Wikipedia. But apparently, the initial one was in the 1970s with Kirk and Spock. That was like the first shipping. So there are some. It was sort of slash shipping that started it all. Yeah, I knew slash that was, shipping. Yeah. I I knew that, that was, like I I am familiar secondhand with a lot of like Harry Potter slash fiction and like and, and fan communities and, and like relationships with Harry and um, Draco and, and things like that like I know it was like a, a big ship for a lot of communities and it's like okay so yeah I, w- I was actually kind of wondering like uh, homosexual shipping and, and same interest yeah yeah so that one and then I think it hopped and Scully and Mulder were another mm. big one yeah because that was long like are they or are they not you know that went on for how many seasons and yeah. then of course now I think it's just really widespread I don't think it really had a term back then in the 90s or in the 70s and now it's just it's huge and you apply it to fictional settings obviously that's a big one but if you're sick like me you also apply it to real life situations <laughs> because I, I secretly and openly ship some of my students students so it's just it's it's a world of its own man (laughs) all right well then you were definitely the right guest for this one so yes um okay well then let us get into uh some of the the potential ships and, and partnerships that we can find from star wars and for the purposes of this because i think 
this concept really kind of bubbled to the fore more recently. I mean, despite the fact that it might have been gone back as far as Star Trek. Um, but certainly I've seen it be a lot more prevalent among circles with the new Disney Star Wars saga and the new films and the new cartoons and stuff like that. And right at the front of that would be the Raylo of it all. I imagine <laughs> there were a lot of people who were really excited at the end of the Rise of Skywalker to see these characters actually kiss one time uh, before the end of it. Um, what did you think of this? I, I mean, just from a personal, like, without getting into, like, the, the greater fan ideas of it, but from a, a yeah. personal standpoint, what did you think of them as characters and as a potential couple? I'm so conflicted about this, to be honest. <laughs> I will say, just to give background on this latest trilogy, that episode seven is by far my favorite, and mm-hmm. it ranks really high up there of the whole nine uh, movies that came out. So with that, I mean, I fell in love with Rey as a character. She's probably one of, I think she's my favorite Star Wars character. And I really loved what was happening between Rey and Finn. How, I mean, it was subtle, but it was also really cute and sweet. And so then you're thrown into The Last Jedi and we have Rose now and so okay what's going to happen here and Ray and Finn are are separated a lot and you have this interesting dynamic between uh I guess I'll call him Ben since he was you know Ben at the end mm-hmm. Ben and uh, and Ray and so this emotional connection so there must be something there and then we have this last film where we've got some more Ray and Finn they're kind of back together but we're really being pushed towards this Ben and Ray and she is able to speak to his better nature to a certain extent and so I accepted the kiss at the end but I'm not necessarily you know the fan of the kiss when um Finn was falling through the I I don't even I mean Uh, the sand pit whatever that was you know (laughs) And he was saying, there's something I've always wanted to tell you, or before we die, you know, I want to tell you this, and you're wondering, oh, what's it going to be? Was You know, me and my shipper heart, I'm like, oh, he's going to confess his feelings finally. So I, that I would be my, my... I think it's obvious that he was going to say that, and people were, like, speculating. Like, I would Why? hope like, so. That's... What else would he say? I think even J.J. Abrams was like, no, he was going to say something else. It's like, bull crap. No, no, he wasn't. Like, you write that line. Well, I wasn't, I, I wasn't sure if um, – and, and a friend of mine, Carolyn Coca, had brought up like wh- what if he confessed that he's Force-sensitive because that was something that was kind of popping up throughout that last one. But anyways, but I mean that's – Why would he say I'm that thinking, at the moment before – like why would he say I've been wanting know? to tell you that? Like, that didn't, I don't like, know. Oh, it was either, <laughs> I don't know. It was either Ray, I'm in love with you or Ray, I'm the one who ate your sandwich the other day and oh, you got mad and blamed <laughs> Oh, and, but it was it me. It could be that. It could be that. Yeah. So I, that was a lot about Finn. Sorry about that. I'm no, sure we'll fine. get we, to him. Well, I did but, want to get to the. I wanted to get to Finn and Ray too. So. Yeah. Um. But we're here at the end. Uh, it really intense battle, and then you have this really emotional moment that has been built up throughout this film of saving or giving one's life energy, and Ben is able to transfer some of his his life force to Ray and and heal her. Uh, I mean, there's nowhere to go but to have I think that that moment there. Well, I would prefer them to be you know kind of brother and sisterly. I think it was like. 
everything was mixing together to be the perfect storm. Um, I don't think they're the best couple, if only because with The Last Jedi especially, I think there's a lot of toxicity in the relationship. Um, just because you kind of have like a domestic abuse theme going on almost, even though they're not in a house. But, you know, right. the fact that uh, you're nothing without me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that was the theme. And then can we erase all that and, and have this this special moment? I, I feel like it's really hard to get on board with something that you know has some <laughs> some some damage there to begin with so that's the only reason i can't potentially get on board with ray low i guess as they say it yeah <laughs> i'm pretty much of the same mind um from the beginning after the force awakens i mean their first scene together he's torturing her <laughs> and then, yeah yeah they, they have their fight so i remember hearing about people shipping them after the first movie and i'm like what are you basing that on like oh, what, why, what yeah. do they have to build a romance between these two characters and they're like well it's the force it's destiny it'll bring them together i'm like all right good luck with that um because especially there were a lot of people who suspected that they might still be brother and sister <laughs> mm. um, <laughs> so i was like okay but then once we got to the last jedi I really liked the complex nature of their relationship and what uh, Ryan Johnson was doing, kind of building their scenes like from across light years of, of space, but like having this like really complicated web of emotions and, and connections. But you're right, it certainly wasn't a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, he brought her down and made her, was trying to make her feel like she was nothing without him in order to bring her to his side. And by mm-hmm. the end of it, she slams the door in his face, quite literally. Mm-hmm. And I I yeah. thought that was powerful, and at that point, I'm like, "Well, they're definitely not going to get together now." I mean, that was that was the end of his redemption arc, and that was the end of like any possible romance. And then when they get to this one, I also liked their scenes with this one. And I mean, I, I have complicated feelings about the uh, about the rise of Skywalker because, on its surface, I don't think it is a well told or well constructed movie, but it hits a lot of satisfying emotional beats and it may be quite manipulative the way it does it but for me a lot of that a lot of it worked so i like their scenes and i like the budding kind of i wouldn't call it a relationship because by the time once they got to that kiss i didn't buy it and i was like okay mm-hmm. you haven't earned this moment yet you, these two characters could have a future if they both survived i can see them having a future at some point but it would be a it would take a while to build on that it wasn't like they yeah. would fly off and you know go you know like hook up in the cockpit somewhere and then just like have like this <laughs> this tort affair i was like no this would be you know like two years before he gets a first proper date so when when they actually kissed i was like all right i i, I could buy this as a couple eventually but not yet so i didn't like the kiss and i didn't like the fact that he died immediately after so the the sort of dyad relationship or whatever they call them like i i think they were an interesting potential couple because they sort of bring out the best and worst of each other at different times Mm -hmm. Uh, so for pure story and drama i i like the idea of them a little bit but i didn't think the kiss was earned in the context of the movie yet so i'm not quite there to ship them yet yeah, agreed. Um, okay, then let's move on to the other one that you mentioned, which was Finn and Ray. Which I think, when you watch the the first movie, it's clear that he has he has inter- he's interested yeah. in her. Yeah, she's one of the first people that he meets in his kind of mm-hmm. real adult life, and she's beautiful and she's strong. Uh, she saves him, and yeah, you can totally buy that. And I think she, it's evident that she cares deeply for him too, but 
is it a romantic feeling or I, I never got necessarily that <laughs> sense from her. Like from her, I'm going to use the phrase that I don't necessarily like, but I kind of felt like he was always in the friend zone for Ray. Okay. That the love, the love and the affection was there. The, the romantic interest I felt was one sided. What do you mm. think? I, I think I could potentially see that, especially I think to a very specific scene in the last Jedi where I think Finn is nursing Rose back to health or maybe Rose is conked out at this point and Ray just looks over kind of knowingly and smiles. I think more like he's going to be okay. So there could be that. I also wonder if maybe there's they're playing on the trope of does she even know that he has feelings for her? You know, one of those like, oh, do, do, do. You know, I don't see what's actually there. I I don't know. I personally feel, you know, giddy around the two of them. I think it is uh, based off of a strong friendship and he has a crush right off the bat because they have such interesting backstories and to a certain extent, you know, tragic backstories because the, the first order, you know, takes kids and she was left behind and didn't really have anyone. And he was conditioned and didn't have anyone. I think that makes for compelling, just, you know, these two people who have had tough upbringings coming together. And so I, I think that's uh, compelling. Yeah, um, I mean, and they, like, they don't, they don't even have last names throughout the bulk of the side. Yeah. The trilogy. Yeah. Like they're, they're orphans really in that sense. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then I think just with this this final film, I, I feel like they get back to a, a pretty good place, and there's that potential there. I think similar to to the one that you're talking with Ben, but it's I think that door is more easily open than than the Ben door. But because there are all these, I'm confused about it because there are all these characters that are like thrown in. You've got, you know, social media or whoever trying to do the Poe and Finn situation. And then you have Rose there and then Rose isn't there. So it's very confusing because of all these these elements that are mixed in that what would it have been like had it just been Ray and Finn throughout the trilogy? And I think in that sort of perfect world that they potentially uh, could have gotten together. But I, I think very strong friendship at the very least. I do think that they love each other and I guess agape love or, or what is it, filio love. Um, and then I, I don't know if there's necessarily like eros there, but I see the potential for it. And I personally, that would be the two that I would strongly suggest shipping. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah, and now Finn, he certainly has a lot of options. Like in every in every movie, we've got a different one. So uh, sticking with him, uh, Finn and Rose from The Last Jedi. Um, <laughs> oh boy. I felt like by the end of it, and very briefly, too briefly in The Rise of Skywalker, I feel like this is another one where it's one-sided. She likes him. Uh, yeah. And it starts off sort of hero-worshipping from when she first meets him and everything like that. And I think she yep. she wants to see the best of him, and she wants him to be the hero, and she sacrifices herself to save him. Well, she almost dies to save him, and what I think was kind of a, a foolish and hypocritical maneuver, but she does. And, but I never got the sense. Like, I felt like his heart... His heart belonged to Ray, and yeah. maybe if he couldn't be with Ray, maybe he would think about Rose. But I, just, I never got the sense that that was really, really that he he was as interested in her as she was in him. But then when Rise of Skywalker, we get his third female option, uh, the character of Jana, 
uh, who comes in, uh, and it seems like by that point, you know, he was going to confess his feelings for Ray, and it seems like she has moved on, she's not in the right place, and I think he realizes that at the same time that he meets Janna, and when he's hearing her story and how she was taken by the First Order and she was a stormtrooper and she defected the same way, I think he sees a kindred spirit in her, and in a, in a way that I think sets it up where that would probably be the easiest couple to just sort of find. If we if we fast-forwarded five years from now, I think we would see Finn and Jana together. Interesting. But what does it say about the Star Wars community, though, that you're going to sort of throw two black characters together and like, yeah, let's ship these two together, you know? Yeah. I mean, are you Are you taking any chances? Are you making any, you know? No, I do wonder about that. No, and I think... I think the the Rise of Skywalker did a whole lot of things and made a whole lot of decisions to try and be as uh, the least controversial it could possibly be and to try to just placate a, a very vocal minority of people uh, who probably didn't want to see interracial romances or, or anything like that or, um, or, or homosexual romances or anything like that. They probably just want give the black guy a black girl and, and play it safe like that. I actually heard one review... Uh, said that Jana and Zori Bliss were introduced in this movie as a way to no homo Finn and Poe because they had like the strongest kind of like friendship and relationship in the movies. It confuses me a bit, you know, if that is true of the Star Wars fan community, and I shouldn't say all of it, you know, of a portion. Or, I mean, is that the portion that is, you know, the xenophobic First Order slash Empire that they wouldn't? you know, be on board for something. I mean, does that mean they're tearing their hair out when they're seeing Kanan and Hera kiss? So that's, yeah, it's just interesting that they want to be more open because we are in this universe where there are so many different types of people and different species and things like that. If there is one thing that in particular Twitter and a lot of social media has taught me in the last couple of years, it is that there is a whole lot of hypocrisy within these fandoms and people who really don't Mm -hmm. seem to understand. It's like, Boy, for saying you you love Star Wars, you really seem to have a lot of tendencies and ideas that swing towards the fascistic empire in First Order. It's like, are you sure you really get Star Wars and what it's about? But yeah, um, but that's not unique for Star Wars. That's true of Star Trek. That's true. Of I guess Superman. So. Yeah. Pretty much every all these different ideas. So. Uh, just really um, facetiously, I'll ask the question, Rose, who? Uh, because <laughs> in this third movie, uh, you're like, who is that character again? Um, I didn't really care for her. I don't think that Kelly Marie, Marie Tran deserved any of the stuff that she got during that filming or anything or afterwards. But I think, you know, I did see her as this like, oh, this wedge, this triangle, this love triangle potentially between Ray and Finn. And I just couldn't get on board with it. I do wonder sort of the what if of if had she had been a larger character as large as she was in the last Jedi in this final film, what would have turned out and how that would have been. But the John, yeah, I, the, the reason why I don't like that is, you know, not taking a risk, I think would be that, but you, we've already discussed that. And just like all of a sudden it was so quick, like, you know, we're having this moment and they're doing some tools and things like that, which is a bit blasphemous because if you think about it, he and Ray were bonding over, you know, fixing the millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. So it's like, wait, what, what, what? We're having a ring composition with, with the different people. <laughs> um, so that's, yeah, I, I, 
I think Jana was an interesting character, and I like her being not romantically, but being with um, Lando at the end and and having them team up and and see like, oh, let's find out where you're from. But yeah, with Rose, it's just like what would have happened potentially had and because I, I think he could have been happy with Rose, and then Ray, I think, might be happy by herself and and be a Luke Skywalker esque person. Um, but yeah, so that's all I had to say about Rose. <laughs> For the sake of just like defending the actress and all the crap she had to put up with and the hate, yeah. I wish I liked her character more than I did. <laughs> but I just yeah. like, oh, she kind of annoyed me a lot. I loved her, the beginning of her, her first couple of scenes in The Last Jedi. But by the time they got to the other planet, I was just, I was, oh, this is, this is annoying me. But I also <laughs> just associated her with the stuff from the movie that I, I liked the least. So, gotcha. Um, it was kind of tough. But I, yeah, I do think she needed to have a bigger, she deserved a bigger, more important. Uh, role in the last one, and she did get kind of shoved aside as a victim of Disney trying to placate angry trolls. Oh, um, yeah. I did want to go back to the like this sort of fan constructed the the idea idea of a Finn and Poe romance. Yeah. Um, I again that would have been taking a chance that would have been more risky. It's another one that I could see happening, but again, it's an only one sided thing. I never got that necessarily that that Finn was interested. They did have this instant connection. It was very powerful. I, I said, as soon as I saw the movie, I'm like, wow, you saw more chemistry and more French camaraderie between those two guys in the first five seconds they're together than in three movies with Anakin and Obi-Wan. Mm. Um, and, and the fact that, you know, Poe is so important. He names him. He clothes him. Like, they're yeah. like mythological ideas for the, these kind of, like, the, their relationship and everything. Um, and I could see a character like Poe, they kind of do take some chances and making him gay or bisexual or something else, mm-hmm. uh, more sort of like gender fluid. I th- but again, this would be a sort of one-sided thing. That's the thing. Like with a lot of these relationships that they present, I'm seeing like, it's like okay, I can see it from one character's perspective, but not the other. Because I don't think – I think Finn, when when they meet Finn, is totally con- like in, in hooked on Rey. He's, he's in love with Rey and he would be faithful to her. But I thought it would have been interesting if they explored that. Yeah, Poe is interested in Finn, and it's just not reciprocated, and he's he's you know hurt by that. Um, but he's got other options: be they other men or somebody like Zori from his past or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So, um, I think it would have been interesting if they just kind of acknowledged that part for the fans that maybe Poe was bisexual or gay or something like that. That, that mm-hmm. just would have been interesting if they did something like that because I think it would have validated. A not totally out of nowhere suggestion from the fans for that ship. Yeah, I think it could have happened. Did I get any shipping butterflies between the two of them? Not necessarily. I saw them as, I mean, it would be an awesome buddy cop film (laughs) to have just Finn and Poe and the Millennium Falcon doing different adventures. I Mm -hmm. think that would be amazing. But you're absolutely right just how intimate it is in a uh, non-homoerotic way of them meeting up together and just, you know, that they are – they're men, but they're also human beings, and they're not afraid to hug, and and they know that they mean each other, mean a lot to each other, and you kind of got a, a sense of are we dabbling or potentially doing fan service with that same scene of the uh, the silt through the you know whatever is happening geo- or geologically with that um, sand trap. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess it's not a sand trap. What it, that's that what thing? I want to call it lightning sand, but that's from the Princess Bride. Oh Pride. man, what and they- you're yeah, you sink in there. Quicksand. Well, that's but they call it they they refer to it as something like the sinking pits or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, in the movie yeah. it's the sinking pits or something like that. But yeah, yeah, it's quicksand. Yeah. 
But um, because Poe says, you know, what do you have to tell Ray? And and Finn is saying, you know, I'm not going to say it in front of you. And he's like, you don't want to say it in front of me. And then I think it pops up again at, at, you know, another moment, which I find interesting. Like, why would you feel uncomfortable? I mean, it could be just embarrassed that, you know, he's about to reveal his lifelong love or, you know, is there something there? So I wondered what that potential moment was. Um, So I think there was potential. I didn't necessarily see it. I wouldn't have been against it. Um, but only I, I sh- that's a lie. <laughs> I would have only been against it because, of course, as you know, Finn and Ray <laughs> would have been my sh- that's the ship. But that I, you've hung your, yes, your yes. On, so, yeah. <laughs> so I can't betray that ship. But you know, if it happened, I wouldn't be like, oh no, not in my Star Wars, because you know, I, I support that. Um, yeah, so it's 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 hard. But it's interesting. I was talking. I was thinking about fandom recently. Just that it's such an interesting beast because you can have really negative things happen from fandom and and let's just say Kelly Marie Tran and I think the director or whomever being pressured to maybe lessen her role but then you have this other thing where maybe something might happen so it's just an interesting beast that we have with pop culture and and people and the power that we have I guess yeah now I'm actually thinking because you're right because when I, I definitely get a twinge of jealousy when he's asking Finn. He's like, what were you going to tell her? Because you're right, he does ask her twice. He asks her when they're in the, the pit with like the little sandworm thing. And then yep. when they're on the Star Destroyer, when they're going to be executed, he wants to know. And he's like, is this the best? He's like, is this the right time to talk about this? And you could wonder, I, I think probably a lot of people thought he was asking because he was jealous because Poe had a crush on Ray and maybe thought there was something between them. But yeah. maybe it was, you know, his crush on Finn. He didn't want. Finn to confirm that he was interested in her because that would hurt him or something. I don't know. There's a couple of different ways that could go. But certainly Poe has other options because uh, we meet his, you know, the the <laughs> woman from his past in this movie. Again, thrown out of yep. thrown in there from nowhere um, because the movie didn't have enough to do. So we have to introduce a bunch of new characters. I don't like the fact that she alludes to his former life as a spice smuggler because that seemed to contradict everything that we know about his type of character. But I like the character of Zori. I love her look. I like the fact that, like Boba Fett or the Mandalorian, she keeps her helmet on. We only kind of see her eyes when the visor goes up a little bit. Um, I thought she just kind of like looked cool, looked like a badass, like mercenary bounty hunter type of character. Like totally would have fit in in the Empire Strikes Back when Darth Vader has all the bounty hunters up on the on the bridge of the Star Destroyer. Like she could have been standing with them and fit right in. So I liked I liked her look and I liked kind of the attitude that she gave to Poe and and she's a character that I would like to read or see more about in the future. I thought that um, and it led to one of my favorite moments in the movie is at the end when they're all celebrating the destruction of the the First Order and they're down on the planet and Poe kind of gives her that look you know he's like hey we gonna do this we're gonna hook up now and everything like that and she just shakes her head and, and he's like all right fine whatever um, I just I love that little moment so. I, she her the look of her reminds me of something you would see in I think it's called Shadows of the Empire mm-hmm. and they had like uh and I I guess it was a book series I remember collecting the um there were maybe like five action figures yeah, I think was, associated yeah, with series, it yeah. yeah and Luke I think has he's like some sort of guard I think Prince Sizor's guard or something yeah, like yeah, that yeah. and he kind of has that look about it so she, her look reminded me yeah I liked that look I liked that moment where they were talking I think that was a really well written and uh, just well done scene where they're outside 
talking about, I guess, history. And then also she got that. It's not a coin, but the little uh, medallion that will help her get her out of the system and what's yep. been going on and everything. And then she lifts her visor up, which, you know, you can't, you're protected when you can't be seen. And then to have that is, uh, is a vulnerable moment for her. So I, I felt like, you know, with the, the history and everything, fun flirtations and everything, <laughs> uh, even when it's uh, an antagonistic, you know, first meeting, there is some flirtation there. And as you said, the last scene I thought was fun. So I think there was definitely uh, some potential there i don't think it was gonna happen just because i think uh, perhaps she's too strong-willed for him and um more serious business but but that i i liked her character too for as much screen time as she got i i could see it happening eventually but i just feel like in that yeah. moment she's like no i'm not your reward i'm not the medal that you earn for you know saving for for winning the day and getting the battle she's like, that's not what i am She's like, if, if yep. you want to, you're gonna, you're gonna have to do the serious work if, if you want this or something like that. So I, I, I kind of like that moment for that reason. Um, but you're right, yeah. I also like when, I mean, when she shows Mariah, that's kind of like the most intimacy we kind of get. Um, yeah, that's, that's really important. So yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think if there were any other couples or ships from the new trilogy. Probably C three PO and Boba Frick. <laughs> <laughs> It was his first That's friend. my oldest friend. <laughs> I love that one. Oh, man. Um, and I love the fact that Babu Frick was voiced by the girl who played Moaning Myrtle. In, I, I know. She was also in the uh, the BBC Sherlock movie. She's uh, the, um, oh, what's her name? She's the, the mortician lady, or the woman who works in the... Oh. What is her name? Molly. Molly. Some, Molly Hooper. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I mean, the only other ones that we could talk about, um, some of the, the ships from the cartoon Rebels... And yeah, actually, you already name dropped two of them. Would be uh, the character of Kanan Jarrus, uh, the sort of lead yep. in the beginning of the series, uh, the, the captain of this group of rebels, with uh, Hera Syndulla, who is the Twi'lek pilot of the Ghost, uh, their actual ship, ship, the technical vessel ship. Yeah. What did you think about those two? Oh man, I. <sighs> I, I really enjoy them. I think it was it was set up so well. I think it was a slow burn. It was one of those Falk, uh, Mulder and Scully situations of will they, won't they. You could tell that they had history. It seemed like there might have been some sort of past, but they hadn't, you know... <laughs> You know, they had moved on, like maybe they had a fling and then um, they decided that it wasn't going to work. But just with some of their interactions and how they could quabble or as a quibble um, <laughs> with each other, a bicker, how about to use that, a bicker with each other. And then when it, fi- you know, I guess it was the last season, finally there was something because the, the stakes were so raised that yeah. you understand – Yikes, if I don't get it out now, kind of like the sandpit, uh, if I don't get it out now, then I am never going to. And they don't throw that. I, you know, it's little moments leading up to things. And then, oh, my gosh, I cried, um, which I'm not ashamed to say. But just at the end and him uh, sacrificing himself and, and saving that crew and, and that moment there and um, both of them confessing for each other because they're both strong willed people. And I think they don't necessarily tap into their emotions or they're afraid to show it because I think um, not necessarily that they see it as weakness, but I think they see it as dangerous in this particular time um, to, to show love for one another because you don't know what's going to happen and, and you might be putting the other person in danger. So to have that moment there. So I felt like it was really well done and they are, uh, yeah, one of my favorite Star Wars uh, couples. 
I I like them a lot, and the comparison that I made, especially the first, because you're right, like with the slow burn and everything. Um, did you watch the show Firefly, or did you see the movie Serenity? I have not, though people tell me it's it's something I should do. I think I think you'd probably enjoy it, and and I liked it. But like, there's so for anybody who's listening to this, and I'm sure there's a lot of crossover. So some of the listeners might understand that. I kind of looked at it like. If Kanan was the character of Mal- Malcolm Reynolds, the captain of the ship, and Hera was sort of the, uh, I can't think of her name now, but Gina Torres' character, who was sort of his first lieutenant. Okay. And she was actually married to Alan Tudyk's character, who was the pilot. Um, so she was really kind of like best friends with Mal, and you, t- you knew that they had, a- they had served in the war together, and they had this history, but she's married to this other guy. I kind of felt like maybe that's how Hera and Kanan had started, and maybe she was committed to somebody else, but that person on their crew died mm-hmm. before we ever meet them. Okay. And there's just kind of this little void that's between them, this little gap that they don't know how to move around. That's kind of keeping because they they should naturally kind of be drawn to each other, and and there's no real logical obstacle keeping them from expressing how they feel together. But maybe if there were some kind of some little ghost between them that not related to the ghost ship, but like something <laughs> something that's keeping them, like some yeah. something from their past is like a, kind of a, like a respect for somebody else, maybe who died, maybe something like that. I kind of built up in my head. All right, and then well, then the other couple uh, that sort of start kind of takes uh, again, it's another slow burn, cause, but but we see it sort of evolving <laughs> over time. Is Ezra, um, our young hero, our young uh, up and coming Jedi, with Sabine who. You know, it starts off like when we first meet her, she's just like this little like uh, like girl walking around in a Mandalorian helmet, spray painting yeah. like graffiti tag and everything like that. <laughs> yeah. And we take the whole series to find out. It's like, wait a minute, she's like a Mandalorian princess. She's like really important to this whole culture and everything. And it's like, are we gonna have a Jedi and this Mandalorian princess end up hooking up and being like this? So I thought that was a really interesting couple. That again, they took I think almost the whole life of the series to to pull them together too. Remind me before we um, finish, you know, this little segment, I have a question for you mm-hmm. that goes back to Kanan and Hera, but I don't want to bring us off track. Okay. But w- in regards to Ezra and <laughs> I, I don't ship them at all, I'm afraid. I no. recognize that it's a ship, but I do not. And I think part of it is my extreme dislike for Ezra. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I know that, or at least I heard, I need to rewatch Clone Wars because I, I think people also were annoyed with Ahsoka at the beginning and she grew on them. And I really didn't like Ezra. He kind of grew on me, but I still didn't like him. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like those two, while I recognized there was something there between the two and they could have been a, a couple, I just, I didn't like the thought of them. To, I felt like she was too good for him. So I personally cannot be with you <laughs> on this one. So, let me, okay, let me actually think about that because I do think when I first started watching the show, I do think of the of the six part crew. I think Ezra was my least favorite um, for a while, but I do think he grew on me as the show went on. Um, and Sabine too. I was kind of bored with her at first. I, actually, I would say she she might have been my least favorite just because I thought I was like she just seems kind of like a poser when I first met Mm -hmm. her and everything and then seeing kind of her grow up and evolve as a character I thought um, really kind of came together there's an episode in the first season when she's trapped on this planet with Hera um, where like there's these creatures that come out of the shadows and everything and uh, and it's like a horror story where the the ladies are are safe as long as they're in the light, but the sun is going down and I thought that was just kind of a really kind of interesting growing growth moment for her as a character 
Because I, I, I sort of watched them out of order. I watched the first season of Rebels, and then once it got to the second season, I realized, okay, they're bringing in stuff from the Clone Wars. I feel like I should watch Clone Wars in order to understand this. So I went back and started watching Clone Wars. Uh, and it was tough, because I, I was not... I did not like the prequel movies, and the first season of Clone Wars is all about the clone troopers and the Jedi, and I'm like, I don't care about any of these things. <laughs> Honestly, Ahsoka was like the one shining light. She was the one character I was interested in following in the first season. Uh, so I, w- I was really happy with her, and I grew to like, I think, as the Clone Wars explored more of like, kind of like the fringes and the bounty hunters and some of the other other worlds and other aspects besides the, the clones and the Jedi, um, I thought the show got a lot better. Um, but Ahsoka was always, I was always like, yeah, this is a pretty cool character. I like her a lot more. But yeah, I, I would say I think I think Ezra and Sabine are interesting. I certainly didn't like them as much as Kanan and Hera or mm-hmm. any of the other couples we've actually talked yeah. about, honestly. Um, but I thought it was interesting to see them grow together because they, they were mm-hmm. the youngest. They were kind of both kids uh, when yeah. the show starts and just kind of see them coming together as adults was interesting, but... I will say that uh, a strange ship and not a romantic one, but I do have a fondness for Hera and her droid. <laughs> because it's just, yeah, because they clearly have so much history. Mm-hmm. And I, and I don't, he's so weird and does he's crazy things. And that, that is a psychotic, <laughs> that is a psychotic I love, I, yeah, Chopper was my favorite character. And it's great because oh, you see, man. you compare them to like R2-D2 and BB-8 and they're so like plucky and spunky and they're going to save the yeah. game. And it's like, no, Chopper is willing to kill you if you piss I know. him off. Know. Like, oh my gosh, like, He yeah. will throw another droid off the ship if he feels jealous. <laughs> yeah, and he has kind of the R2-D2 wit, but even more yep. Yep. Uh, of just saying whatever and she gets annoyed at him. <laughs> and then there are like some really tear-filled moments too where... You know, he could be lost or, or broken, and there's this connection there. So I really like that, um, just with that history there. I think that they're a good little friendship couple. Yeah. Those are actually, I mean, those are always some of my favorite moments, like when they do sort of humanize some of the droid characters and make them as valued as, like, friends or, or pets or something like that. I mean, I like how how close Ray and Poe were with BB-8 in the other movies. And I liked the, I actually, that was one of the things across the board in the, in all the new Disney movies. I like all of the droid characters. Absolutely. Um, from yep. K2 in Rogue One uh, to L3 in, in Solo Lando's droid. I thought she was t- hilarious and, and I liked her a lot. Um, I've been really happy with all of the droid characters that have been t- introduced. So. Agreed. What was the Kanan and Hera thing that you wanted yeah, to Yeah, so back? here's the question. And I asked somebody else this, and we sort of broke into laughter because she had no answer. Hera is, as you said, she's a Twi'lek, and Kanan is a human. And so, well, actually, I have two questions, I guess. Number, well, maybe I won't ask the other one. The one's a little undecent, indecent. Um, but my question is, why is her son humanoid but with green hair? Is that how genes work? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Jason, I mean, it was so weird. It's like, okay, they have a kid. What? What's happened? I mean, I would expect him to be Twilight, but I, I don't know. The green was all the Twilight he got. Yeah, her skin color became his hair color. I That's... know. Uh, the writers maybe needed to take another thought to think about that a little bit longer. Oh man, um, I that's yeah, that's something that. Um, 
part of it, like, like I, I don't, I don't have some weird kind of moralistic prejudice against it, but it's one of those things that, even within the realm of science fiction fantasy that Star Wars is, part of me just kind of like bumps up against the thing. It's like, okay, interspecies breeding is very difficult, and while these yeah. other couples that are all humanoid, they can certainly commingle and they could certainly mate with each other but the process of actually you know genetic breeding and and bearing offspring between two unlike species is nearly impossible so again so that's kind of like where it comes it's like okay Kane and Hera could hook up. Could they actually have a child that would survive? I don't know if that's physically possible. Now, again, this is the world with the Force and light speed and yeah. lightsabers and everything. So this shouldn't be a hang-up, but it is one of those things. So, yeah. Uh, are there any other couples that we didn't talk about? Or I mean, we can certainly go into the other movies and the other aspects of the saga, but I kind of wanted to limit it to just some of the material that had come out just within the last you know, five or six years. Because not even getting within like the the old expanded universe, like with Mara yeah. Jade and the other potential lovers that Luke could have had or other relationships. I don't I don't want to dive into that because first it would take a lot more research and I'd have to go into it. And... I can't really think of any. I mean, I the most recent new expanded universe, new continuity. I can't remember what it's called now. Has been the Thrawn, the new trilogy. I've read that and- too. Yeah. Yeah, so Eli returned oh, in yeah. the second one. And so I kind of felt like there was something between him and um, the Chiss or the member of the Chiss Ascendancy that he has a friendship with. But I think I'll have to wait and see the, uh, this summer to see if anything happens. The nav- Have you read the third one? Treason. So are there three out? There's okay, three. okay. Okay. okay, so that's when Eli returns, yes. right? Yeah. Okay, so I guess I'm waiting for the fourth so I think I think this trilogy is sort of done, but Zahn is going to do oh, a new trilogy called okay. Thrawn Ascendancy, which is takes place even earlier, which is when Thrawn oh, was still back oh, in Oh, okay. Space. Well, um, gee, now I won't know. Yeah, until he finds another way. But yeah, I, I definitely think they. Yeah, they said he. I think yeah, Eli. He definitely feels like he has a crush with one of the the navigators, yeah. the four sensitive yep. navigators. And I can't think of her name now. Um. Yeah, that would certainly. I would be interested because now because Eli isn't the only human on the Chiss ship because there's also the uh, that Ronan, the the Imperial spy guy who was basically got blackmailed into going with them. So. Oh right, yeah. So. Okay. Um, well, for those of you listening, uh, thank you for, for listening up to this point. Uh, what do you think about this topic? Are there couples that we did not talk about? Um, I mean, if you get into shipping, who are your preferred ships? Which of these couples do you think should get together, or would you root for? And also, what is kind of the wildest ship that you could conceive within sort of the bounds of, like, reason? Like, not Princess Leia and yeah. the Rancor, but, like, like a kind oh of like a, something something kind of naturally, like, within Star Wars, like, that you could see possibly. It might be a really long shot, but, you know, you know, 3,220 to 1 or whatever, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, what would be a crazy ship? So, of the ones that we've mentioned, Stella, you should definitely ship... Ray and Finn. That's your yeah. Number. That'd be my number one. Yep. I would be perfectly happy with that if they. I think by the end of the movie, they kind of like they definitely set up that Ray will be the loner that she doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily have, and I'm absolutely fine if she stays that way. If she doesn't necessarily, because uh, I don't think they have to force a relationship upon any of the characters. Um, but if we fast forwarded five, ten years, and there it's Ray and Finn, I would yeah. be cool with that. Um, it wouldn't surprise me. I think it would. I think the way they set it up, it would be Finn and Janna, 
Um, mm. Although they said certainly the, that scene at the end between Lando and Jana, I guess uh, it was written that Lando is her father, but that part was written out, so they it left it kind of ambiguous. Uh, and some people are like, well, then it just looks like he's hitting on her. I'm like, that seems perfectly Lando to me. I was like, <laughs> I was like who, who cares if he's like five decades or older than her? He still seems like he would be hitting on her. It's like, do you, do you know much about Lando? That doesn't seem surprising at all. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The first time he meets Leia, he's hitting on her. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, at least Ray has BB-8. There you so go. She's not completely alone. So I do appreciate that. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Like, I mean – was Poe okay with that? Or did she just take his child? <laughs> I, it's interesting, yeah, because uh, they they had such a close bond, but clearly, you know, that was, yeah, Poe's droid. But then, I, I don't know, yeah, BB-8 just gravitated towards her. And I just loved how she's going through the training sequence in the beginning, and he's following along with her. <laughs> and then, and then Poe, I guess they're like parents kind of sharing custody, yep. because when Poe comes back, he's like, what happened to my droid? And little BB-8, you know, I felt so, I mean, it was both funny and sad when he was crushed by the tree. Yeah. Like, oh no! Um, but yeah, I yeah. share in custody. I think. Uh, but my, my I'm, I'm wife glad and I have that. had that. When one of us has come home, it's like, how come the boy has a scratch on his face? What happened? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> oh, were you not no. watching him? What happened? Yeah, oh, I've, I've definitely been there. Yeah. Uh, okay, well then, Stella. Before I let you go, um, I will give you a chance to plug your shows. But first, you must yes. answer the Galactic Questionnaire 3.0. Ooh. Question number one. Best stormtrooper variant. Now, this means like oh. snow trooper, biker scout, first order trooper, anything from the movies. What is your favorite version of the stormtrooper? Interesting. I think it would be the snow trooper, actually. Cool. I, I like the helmet, I think, the most of all. Yep. All right. uh, number two, something we were kind of just talking about. Favorite droid character. Oh, it's, yeah, it's got to be little BB-8. All right. All right. Good one. Uh, number three, a bigger offender from the special editions, Greedo shooting first, or the scene with Jabba at Docking Bay 94? The biggest offender, so that caused, like, problems? Yep. Uh, Greedo shooting first. <laughs> um, man, that's interesting. I think I would say Jabba, just because it seemed, I think the Greedo one was worked in well enough that it seemed seamless, but the Jabba one, I always feel taken out of it. Like, well, that wasn't the original Star Wars, mm. so I'll go with that one. Alright, good. Uh, number four, Han Solo. Jacket or vest? I'm a fan of vest, so I'll go with vest. <laughs> Thank you. I think you're the first person to say that. I've asked that question are you lot. serious? I've asked that question to a lot of <laughs> oh, people. No. Everybody says jacket. I'm like, are you serious? Like he was defined by oh, that man. vest but, in the first movie. I know, and he can move better because the jacket is—I mean, it's leather, isn't it? So isn't it kind of no? I guess it's—it just seems constraining, and he yeah. can't get his gun up as quickly. So I would say vest. <laughs> All right, good, good. Thank you for voting that way. You're uh, welcome. Question five: Which character introduced in the prequel trilogy would you want to see a spin-off movie about? Jar Jar Binks. All right. Was that an option? <laughs> Were these multiple choice? That is the nope. That is an option. You could, <laughs> if you're serious about that one. Um, he is actually one of my favorite characters. Don't at me, but I know that people hate him. But I love Jar Jar Binks. I'm trying to decide whether I want to have you back on the show to talk about that or not. <laughs> 
Hey, I am always up to talk, Jar Jar. See, if you, I have opinions. What are they called? Unpopular opinions about Contrary. things. There are oftentimes, yes, they people like. For instance, people don't like Suicide Squad. I actually liked that movie. Um, Batman and Robin is my favorite Batman film. So this, you have to get used to this. Jar Jar Binks is one of my favorite characters. So there you go. <laughs> Good thing you did this at the end, because at the beginning you would have hung up on me. <laughs> I'm kind of thinking, I was like, ah, uh, can I get somebody else to record this episode in time before? We... Oh man! All right. Um, question six: What is the best moment in your least favorite Star Wars movie? So first, you have to identify what is your least favorite Star Wars movie, and then what is the best part about that movie. Of the original nine, or I guess okay. Well, Te- yeah, I, mean, I think I'll go with that. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, okay. I'm gonna say Revenge of the Sith. My least favorite of my least favorite, or my favorite in your the... favorite moment from that movie. Okay, favorite moment of that movie. Um, now I've got to go through really quickly. Think about all this. It's definitely not the high ground because I know people make fun of that. <laughs> um, I guess the easy answer would be. The sh- the shipping moment when he comes back from that mission, and uh, well, wait, hold on. Now is General Grievous in that one? Yes, he is. Okay, I think I'll do that. The fight between General Grievous and um, Obi Wan because I think General Grievous is a really awesome uh, villain. Okay, another contrary opinion, but okay. Oh, you really? People don't like General Grievous? I oh I've God. never heard somebody say he was awesome. So that maybe oh, some people might. Oh my goodness! Okay, I hope that people don't send you angry emails on my behalf. Yeah, okay. we'll we'll see how this goes. I, we could discover a whole a whole subgroup <laughs> of people listening to the show who have like who support your opinion or. I don't know. All right. Well, I feel like I'm wading into dangerous territory here, so let's wrap this up with the final question. I can't imagine this being controversial. Number seven, if you could take a selfie at any location in the Star Wars universe, where would it be? Oh, my. I think it would be on Endor with a little Ewok. Nice. With the... uh a stormtrooper helmet, like skull in the background, or something like that, or that would. We that could would, certainly that would... throw that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. Very very cool. So, uh, yeah, Stella, thank you very much for being part of this episode. Um, where else can people find you if they want to hear more about you and your crazy opinions on other subjects? <laughs> thank you so much for having me on uh even if at the end you know i may have made you frightened um no i i love that anyone would ask me to do some shipping uh, and talk about that it's one of my favorite things honestly uh yes uh you can find me my own podcast that has been going strong for 10 years now is back the oracle the barbara gordon podcast and it's all focused on barbara gordon and it's divided into two i do vintage comics and then the current issues and with vintage it's so weird i'm in 2000 right now so doing birds of prey and the cassandra came back and all that and you can find that at the batmanuniverse.net and then my friend tom panarisa and i do required reading with tom and stella where we each month we alternate and pick a book and we lead a discussion on it and ask whether this should be required reading and you can find that over at two true freaks and we just did or i guess we'll be coming out this month something that i'm also an authority on 
Virgil's Aeneid, uh, which I think is probably one of the best episodes that we've done. Um, I just, yeah, I love talking about that. So those are the, yeah, the two shows that I'm on. Very, very cool. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, I, ugh, I definitely want to have you back on the show again in the future. I just, I um, guess to talk about controversial opinions. Charge your I guess grievance. we kind of, you, we kind of. <laughs> Give Me Those Star Wars is a proud part of the Fire & Water Podcast Network. Feedback for this show can be left at fireandwaterpodcast.com or the Facebook page for Give Me Those Star Wars. You can also find me on Twitter at Ryan Daly, or you can send an email to rdailypodcast at gmail.com. If you like this show or other shows on the Fire & Water Podcast Network, please consider donating to our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com slash fwpodcasts for additional information. All music, audio clips, or quoted text are used for entertainment purposes and believed covered under fair use. Give Me Those Star Wars is not affiliated with Disney or Lucasfilm, so no copyright infringement is intended. Thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. Me though Star Wars is not affiliated with Disney or Lucasfilm, and I make no money from this podcast, so no copyright infringement is intended. <laughs> Thank you for listening, and may the force be with you. Don't laugh when I'm saying I'm not copy- I'm not infringing on copyright. Not- <laughs> it was just I'm so sorry. <laughs> it was just funny how it was all uh, I don't know phrased and almost it almost sounds like it's a joke, even though I know it's really not a joke. Like, hey, I'm not making money on this. Please don't sue me. So it's kind of funny to hear that. Actually, you know, with the uh, with Patreon, we kind of actually, I, I think I have to cut that out anyway. So oh, that's true. Thing, so, oh, right. yeah. You're gonna make me have to re- say that part again. So all right, all music, audio clips. You want me to? I'll shut up this time. Ah, <laughs> uh, this whole episode is garbage. No, this was a great episode. <laughs>